Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's where Tim stops talking. We had him going on a good roll, and I, then I had to bring I was, it up. I was joining the Google Hangout and making sure I was muted because I'm not a fucking savage. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. notes and oh notes. Do we need notes? Oh shit. No. Be one of those episodes. I mean, I I you know me. I always have fucking notes. Yes. <laughs> It was. It wasn't a notes making week. Uh, let's just put it that way. That's fair. That is fair. Oh yeah, backups too. That's a thing that we do. Sometimes. Although we haven't had to use them in a long ass time. Knock on wood. Sh- yeah. Shut your whore <laughs> mouth, Tim. Fingers Fuck crossed. A duck. The We're gonna we, be. What are you doing, Mark? Oh, you cleaning the bowl? No, I'm. I was just. My mod needs to have the battery screwed back into it a little bit. So I'm just screwing a screw in uh, okay to something <laughs> it's, a, it's a little like mini torx like a torx 2 or something like that it takes so gotcha and yeah. now it's on the ground yep well, not that <laughs> fucking screwdriver's gone i can tell you that much. <laughs> it's gone forever <laughs> yep uh all right are you guys ready i'm yeah. ready all right let's fucking do this shit welcome back dear listeners to dance robot dance this is our 202nd episode of this podcast where we talk about sort of all things nerdy and geeky from a decidedly not safe for work point of view. I am Tim. I'm going to be hosting this week. I'm coming to you from still, unfortunately, a hotel room near Mississauga, but only for a couple more weeks. And with me, I've got Mark. Hello, everybody. And Paul. Good evening. That are both coming to us from St. Catherine. So how are you guys doing this week? Oh, we're doing all right, I think. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I mean, settled into our parents' house. Yeah, you know, (laughs) I I have a leave date for Korea, so I'll be leaving on the 16th or arriving on the 16th, I should say, leaving on the 15th because time travel and stuff, time zones are a thing. So, uh, yeah, all that stuff. So, I'll be leaving on the 15th morning and arriving on the evening of the 16th. So, that's cool, I guess. Okay. So, yeah. so next next week then is going to be the last week we're going to get Paul in Canada. Mm, yeah, recording. I guess so. I guess that's <laughs> that's fair for the foreseeable future, anyway. So yeah, All yeah. Right. Uh, what does that flight path look like? Just out of for my own curiosity. Well, it used to be that it would do kind of a curve across the Arctic through Russia and stuff like that, and then come down through northern Canada into Ontario. But now I have, uh, because flight paths are canceled or rerouted and things like that, I have to go through Vancouver and then across the Pacific Ocean, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So you normally you'd go over... Swinging over the top of the globe kind of thing. Yeah, to, through the Great yeah. Barrier Reef type thing like in the arctic and then you would land you know through northern ontario but now it's different i i'll let you know when i i do it because i'll uh (laughs) i'm sure it'll be a little bit different coming from vancouver yeah well i mean it'll be a different experience in general because traveling right now i can only imagine what that is going to be like it's apparently pearson airport is just you're not allowed to be in there unless you have a boarding pass so it's just a empty just a, it's fucking... just a mausoleum yeah full yeah. on yeah yeah not that surprising no all right well let's get into the uh news for this week i guess we have to give a little bit of context because some of the news is related to it uh so for any of the buddy that i know that some people aren't necessarily listening to the episodes like 
right when they come out right now because a lot fewer people are driving in cars and shit at the moment but we are recording this like as all of the black lives matter like george floyd protests are still going on and so there's been a lot of brand activity with respect to that mm-hmm. this past week or so with i mean a lot of celebrities joining uh, protests and stuff like that and like basically every brand you know <laughs> saying some manner degree of like you know we support these protests and you know black lives matter and all that and which is great and some are putting money where their mouth is too like disney promised like five million dollars in donations including like two million to the naacp and there are other ones that put money behind their pledges and stuff too and i think hbo max put out some um like civil rights movies and stuff like that for free mm-hmm. as did the criterion collection yeah. Oh, yeah. As did the Criterion Collection. Yeah, that was cool, too. So, yeah, I mean, there's plenty, you know, if you want to kind of educate yourself, but in a way that is maybe a little less heavy than like the news right now in terms of, you know, civil rights matters, then there's stuff like that, which, you know, is is built to entertain as well as inform kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, which I've I've been doing a lot of that myself lately. Like when I need to step away from the news, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to get myself into something that still gives me some insight into, you know, what what these people are protesting for. Mm-hmm. So, I'd also, Rockstar Games shut down the online components of uh, Grand Theft Auto and uh, Red Dead because they didn't. They were, you know, both very violent games, and I think they wanted to sort of make a statement about the violence. And it was only like for two hours or something like that. But uh, I'm sure that there are people in like GTA Online that go in there and are like, "I'm going to fuck up some black people, yuck," kind of thing. So, yeah, it's similar to the the season six of Black Mirror not happening. It's just like the real world is enough. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it too. surprises me less and less that Animal Crossing hit as big as it did when it did. Like it became the pandemic game, but it still kind of persists as like the innocent online fun of the world at the moment. I still yeah. haven't picked it up, but like I still constantly see Animal Crossing memes everywhere. And it's yeah. like, and I can understand why. Yeah, Alicia's still deep into it as well. Mm hmm. And yeah, I, I get it. It's an escape. It's just something that's kind of like calming and everything. And you know, everybody's yeah. kind of got their own version of that. So yeah, for sure. Other stuff that's uh, sort of related to the protests. Um, it's nice. It's it's actually somewhat refreshing to be able to talk about something that's not fucking coronavirus related, fucking up our our brands and and the stuff that we consume and shit like that. Lego asked stores to stop advertising both their police themed sets and also their White House sets, which Mm. the White House one in particular, I thought was uh, pretty surprising. Yeah. Um, But good for them. Mm -hmm. Let's not brainwash our children to accept the police state and the militarization of police from the get go from the jump. Yeah. You know, it's cool. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, the the one uh, sort of, celebrity involvement this week that uh, drew a lot of attention that was really good was uh, John Boyega went way the fuck off on uh, like a really awesome speech at a uh, uh, at a protest in the UK where he's from where he lives in London and uh, then in the speech he mentioned something about like I don't know if I'm gonna have a fucking career after this but like 
people came out of the woodwork to say like, yeah, I got you, bro. Like we're gonna, like Lucasfilm did and all kinds of people were coming out to say like, yes, we will hire you. It seems Dude. weird. Oh, go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say the question is, does he want to work for Lucasfilm again at this point? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Finn was not treated great in those movies. That was one of my qualms. Yeah, he's yeah. been pretty vocal about it uh, in the aftermath, too. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it seems natural to me that a uh, the studio that makes Star Wars, which is all about rebellion and fighting against militaristic power, should have his back on this. Um, so like, I like that at least that the, the content of their films matches their politic. So that's good. Well, that's just the thing. Like with every one of these like Facebook or social media posts or whatever that these brands are making, all of these motherfuckers are coming out of the woodwork and being like, well, guess I can stop, you know, buying fucking Marvel comics or Star Wars shit and stuff like that. And like, dude, have you like totally missed the points of like the X-Men and fucking Star Wars and all this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Captain America fought Nazis like <laughs> in the movies. Like we just watched like four years ago, guys. Like I don't. All right. Just I guess. the level of willful ignorance in it's our culture. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's not just America. I mean, it's, it's, it's global to an extent. Oh, it's everywhere. So, yeah. Yeah. But Getting away from that sort of thing, there was huge news in the comic book world uh, just yesterday, and some people who have been following this could probably have predicted it was happening based on everything that was going on during the uh, how coronavirus impacted the comic book industry. But uh, DC Comics has said that they are no longer going to be distributing through Diamond Distributors, who have been the had a monopoly on distributing comics in, I think, at least North America for like 25 years. Um, so that's huge. And and they're going to be going with a couple of smaller distributors who they had been using to distribute materials during the pandemic or sort of while, uh, while Diamond basically said, no, we're not shipping anything right now. So as someone who is not big into the comics world and especially not physical uh, comic collecting. What is the material effect of Diamond not being the distributor for DC anymore? It mainly impacts retailers. Right now, the retailers are going to have to go to several different distributors to get their get their comic shipped to them. I see. And it's weird. Like I've seen a mix of reactions to this from comic stores. Um, there are some that are like, "Oh my god, why are you doing this right now?" Like our fucking businesses are already in jeopardy because we haven't had like product for like two months diamond has never or for at least since i've been collecting like diamond has never been looked on with a lot of like appreciation Goodwill. and love yeah by by yeah. you know it's it's a monopoly right and so they they do monopoly shit they fucking treat their customers poorly and the customers can't have no recourse because they had no other option hmm. yeah Okay. So I think that this will ultimately be good for the comic book industry because it will create, you know, sort of uh, more competition in the distribution side of things. And the distributors will now, you know, be fighting for business a little bit more. And and that should shake out to, you know, better treatment of the retailers. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's a really mixed reaction from the actual retailers themselves. I see. Okay, cool. Also, the guy that uh, the CEO of uh, Diamond, uh, his name is Steve uh, Jeppy, is a real piece of shit. 
Well, yeah, so I, I do not have happened to a nicer guy. Yeah, so I do not at all feel bad for him <laughs> losing <laughs> this mass, like base, basically probably like what forty percent of his business or something is probably oh, yeah, tied to yeah, DC. Thirty to forty, thirty yeah. to forty percent, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and also in DC news, we already talked about how uh, Ruby Rose is not going to be coming back as Kate Kane on Batwoman. Apparently, Kate Kane is not going to be coming back either. They are going to put somebody else in that they're going to have a different Batwoman, it seems. They're what? getting rid of they're letting Kate Kane go entirely and going to have a different character fill like a different alter ego for Batwoman. So nobody's sure how they're gonna do it yet, but I mean this is a universe where there's like well, a multiverse or whatever where there's, you know, alternate universe versions of characters fucking everywhere and uh, you know, time travel and shit like that is is a regular occurrence, so, you know, they've got plenty of avenues to do it. I mean, it opens up a lot of possibilities. My it's sad for me because I love Kate Kane and I was actually going to watch Batwoman because I I like that character a lot. Uh, however, yeah, what are they going to do? Are they going to bring like an alternate reality Renee Montoya into to become Batwoman or something like that? There's a lot of that'd lot be of, cool. That would be. I'd cool. be down for that too. Maybe they have Beth, who plays the antagonist for the first season, come in and and you know play or you know switch sides or something like that. But I don't know. Who knows? It'll be interesting to see what they do. But yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed as well because Kate Kane is a fantastic character, and there was so much they could have done with her. But maybe, I, maybe I, they'll bring her back as an alternate reality version or something like that. And we won't have to say goodbye to her completely. But like, yeah, yeah that's kind of kind of blows for people who are just getting to know her as a character through the TV show. Because like if you guys are only watching Batwoman and not reading the comics, go read the comics. This is like as someone who's not yeah. the biggest comic book reader, especially not a big DC reader, that Batwoman run was so good. And if so you liked good. the first season of Batwoman in particular, it draws so much off of the comic book runs as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, especially like the actual Batwoman title that existed for, I don't know, 40 something issues or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, but that was everything I had. And that's you, unless I missed anything, guys. JK Rowling was on her bullshit on Twitter again, mm-hmm. but being a lot more outwardly turfy than usual. But I don't want to spend too much time on that. Just that JK Rowling's kind of a piece of shit now. So, Y'all. Yeah, we've been new, but she's been making it more known. So, yeah, I feel bad for the people that like grew up, you know, as Harry Potter fans and are now having to fucking come to terms with that bullshit and yeah. having their death of the author internal debates. Yeah, well, it's, I, I haven't been part of that fandom actively for a really, really long time, so it's no skin off my nose. But it's like, it's only it it happened. It's happened a few times in my life with authors. Like Orson Scott Card was a big one for me too. When I find found out that he was a total fucking mm. monster, like that was that really sucked. It, it just always seems weird that these YA or children's authors have these really like wide open, accepting, welcoming universes. And then their political views are so antithetical to that. It's just, hey, just yeah. all, it's, just, it's a lot to absorb. But I guess yeah. I guess the biggest uh, comparison, probably for both myself and Mark, would be Joss. Would be Joss, Joss Whedon. too. Yeah, Joss yeah. was a big one for me as well. I I was in the 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 Church of Buffy and Angel as well. So yeah, you know, you know. Ugh. Anyway, yeah. anyways. All right, well, with that, we can move on to our Geek of the Week. 
Geek of the Week. Which is the segment where we each describe the nerdiest things that we have done in the past week or so. So, let's go to Mark first, because he's being quiet. Oh, am I being quiet? Sorry. You guys are doing news. <laughs> my Geek of the Week this week was really just getting my hardware back up and running here, and like fiddling with it a little bit. Like I watched Evil Dead 2 last night, just to test everything. And it worked quite nicely on my first shot. So I was like, yes, I can install stereo equipment in a small space and not blow everything up. <laughs> nice. Thumbs up. But Evil Dead 2 still, there's a 4K print of it that doesn't look that much better than the 1080p print that I saw last time. But it's always Evil Dead 2. So like, good times. I had fun watching Evil Dead 2 last night, basically. Yeah, it's a classic. That's one I yeah. need to rewatch. I haven't rewatched those or those first three Evil Dead movies in ages. I haven't seen like the first first one in a long time. But like, I saw Army of Darkness was on like Netflix or something not too, too long ago that I, mm-hmm. I sat through it because... It's fucking Army of Darkness. Like, why not? Yeah, it's so, just a fucking crazy, go. crazy ass romp. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like that one's not even like even doesn't even try to be horror at that point anymore. Yeah. It's just like this is just Bruce Campbell mugging for like an hour <laughs> and a half. So enjoy. It's like, I will. Thank you, Evil Dead Three. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was that's basically my geek of the week this week is just getting my shit back in usable order. So. Fair enough. Paul, how about you? RuPaul's Drag Race won't leave me alone because uh, the finale for season 12 was last week and the first episode of All Stars 5 came on last night. So it was that, like, I had a really gay TV night last night because I haven't watched, like, broadcast TV in ages, but I actually got to watch the premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race right when it premiered on television for the first time in a long time. It was on Crave here in Canada. So I, uh, my mom and I watched the first episode. I think it's the first time she's like, well, maybe one of the first times she's sat down and watched a full episode and she really seemed to enjoy it. And we, and then after that is the show Legendary, which I talked about last week, I think, where a bunch of houses uh, in the ballroom scene are competing to be like the uh the supreme house Uh, so it was a big big gay tv night last night which i really enjoyed it's good times Big gay TV night. Big nice. gay TV night. Yeah. <laughs> so my geek of the week, I played. I played some more Lord of the Rings online this week. Is probably the biggest thing, just because you know there are. We already talked about you know there being times where you just need to unplug from shit, and uh, that is a nice way to unplug. It's very immersive, and it's a nice way to just sort of escape the. It's a nice relaxing way to escape our world, which has been pretty fucking garbage lately. Mm-hmm. Word. So. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we can move on and well, maybe not record time, but damn near to our meat of the episode. Interdimensional meta meat. Uh, so we are going back to familiar territory here. Uh, Rick and Morty just finished its fourth season about a week ago, and uh, we all watched the whole damn thing and want to talk about it, basically. So... Let's just go around and, and say, you know, talk about sort of general feelings, impressions overall from the season. Mark? Um, I thought it was as good a season as they've done so far. Uh, I laughed at every episode that I watched. Like, I was, I, Paul can attest, I kept putting off watching this season. I hadn't watched it week to week because I was just going to binge it at some point. And then even as they were done, uh, we were in the middle of like crazy move time. So I was like, oh, I'll put it off, put it off, put it off. So then I finally sat down and watched it and was like, oh, you know what? I still love this show. So, <laughs> yay. Nice. The cum gutters thing, I almost destroyed <laughs> half my hardware. Like, 
fucking when i finally caught on to what they were actually saying i spit my drink out a little bit i was so like that's awesome hilarious yeah apparently i'm way behind on my disgusting lingo for things so i need to <laughs> get on urban dictionary and brush up apparently so there you go and was that was that one that they called back to because they had it in the uh the story train episode yeah and then they i think they brought it back in the uh, season finale or not the season finale yeah. in the uh fucking rick fights a god episode oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Which funny. I like that. That was that was good because he's just like, oh, he's just a Zeus. I can do this. It's fine. <laughs> it's not the God. That'd be a whole different set of things. Like, man, they put a lot of thought into this whole situation. <laughs> so here we go. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Paul, how about you? Um, I agree. I like that the the creative team just decided. No, we want to do more episodic, big, stupid ideas. And like there were still hints to like a, a broader story. And obviously near the end, they like brought things back, but they were basically like, fuck you fan base. We still have dumb shit that we want to do story-wise that has nothing to do with like evil Morty or the council of Ricks or anything like that. So yeah. screw it. Let's just do what we want. And they did. And they still managed to make really good episodes each week. So um, I was down, down, all the way through. Yeah. 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 I agree that this was definitely more of a, Hey, we're going to just throw a bunch of standalone episodes at you kind of season and having like a little bit of a through line, but not, not near as much as they have in, in the last couple of seasons. Rick and Morty is still one of the only shows that's on right now that like genuinely makes me laugh out loud, like yeah. multiple times every episode. Like, you know, I, I look at something like, even like letter Kenny or something like that, or like what we do in the shadows, which are like a couple of my other favorite funny shows at most. I'll usually get like maybe a chuckle or two out of them in an episode, unless I'm like wrecked. Yeah. But like Rick and Morty, I could be stone cold sober and get into it and be like, Holy shit, this is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Cause they just don't fucking pull punches. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I haven't watched the first three seasons in a while, so I'm just going kind of off like memory and impressions of those seasons. But for me, like going back into the season, like every season I come into, I'd be like, how are they going to fucking top last season kind of thing? And they, you think like, man, they can't possibly keep escalating, escalating the insanity at the rate that they're doing, but they do. And I think it's because they build on the conceits that they've established in the earlier seasons. Mm-hmm. so like you know now we know like you know they can just fucking pull out me seeks and it's like everybody knows what they do and what they are and yeah. shit like that and so like yeah they can just like pull out random shit that like there was just one you know there was an episode on so everybody knows it i did have to go back and kind of like look as to why bird person was so evil was evil again i was like wait what, what did i miss I felt like I had missed like a big chunk. Rick like betrayed him, didn't he, or something? Yeah, but yeah. I lost, but that I I completely forgotten that like plot yeah, point. Yeah. So when he started, they started fighting. I was like, what did I miss? Yeah, and then on this season, like yes, they escalated in some ways. Um, in terms of, like there was some real fucking meta shit, but also they just fucking tangent at times as well, which helps to just change things up and kind of keep things fresh. And the other thing I noticed is is there shifting more towards long form like there have been episodes where it's been like almost three mini episodes in one or you get like the fucking just anthology episodes like the interdimensional cable and shit like that and now they're just fucking eschewing all of that and being like nope we're only doing long form this season yeah there was a lot of like single story episodes and stuff which is good because like you get to kind of 
they get to play more with the form of what they're doing when they can like really like they have that much time like play time to you know really twist it up for them mm -hmm. i don't know there was a lot of like I, I keep thinking back to the uh which one is it what is it called the ch child childrick of morty or Childri something like that of mort yeah that yeah, the, the children the planet one. take off yeah the planet one where like they've, they've got what's his name off jerry's off camp, <laughs> like teaching them how to camp and like i love <laughs> that voice actor whose name i can never remember but like who is so fucking funny chris parnell uh, chris parnell yeah chris parnell yeah, that's it chris parnell. yeah who like oh my god he's so good like he just he he sounds he sounds pathetic. You know He's what I mean? so like, good at playing the ineffectual, just like fucking like beta male character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's so good at it. It's hilarious. So, yeah. And there were a couple moments this season where like he thinks he's starting to get it, but he's really not. The one that's jumping in my head right now is uh, uh, the talking cat uh, episode where like he uh, Rick mind wipes him because like Rick they both see what the cat did, which we, oh, never, yeah. <laughs> which we never find out what he actually did. <laughs> and then, and like why he, why he can talk. And then uh, after Rick mind wipes, Jerry, uh, Jerry's like, well, did we ever find out why he can, why the cat can talk? And uh, Rick was just like, yeah, cause he's from outer space. And Rick and Jerry's like, Oh, of course. Cause he's from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i got it i've i'm getting what's going on here it's like no jerry you're really not you, you never do yeah no nope. <laughs> nope. really does yeah. nope <laughs> and the other thing in terms of this season overall was it feels like to me like it's becoming more and more like every episode has a subtext of the fucked up family dynamic yeah oh yeah it's way more obvious now than it like ever was before that they like they all kind of hate each other basically and are just yeah. tolerating each other's presence because it's almost like Rick, in spite of himself, is keeping them all together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like somehow he's the reason why they all kind of stick around because it's either like they want to see what he's going to do next or they crave his approval or whatever. So they all just keep hanging out, even though inside the actual family unit, they all fucking can't stand being around each other. Yeah, for like for like long periods of time, anyway. Because because <laughs> as soon as they learn some kind of lesson about togetherness, it always comes as a result of these really improbable situations, and they're always in those improbable situations. But when the mundane comes back, they just completely disconnect from each other again. And I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like uh, Rick and Summer have a couple. I mean, not Rick and Summer. Uh, Morty and Summer have a yeah, couple moments where they have bonding moments but it falls apart as soon as things start to get less complicated like when yeah. th when their lives are not in jeopardy they're a yeah. terrible family so yeah. yeah yeah like in the in the very last episode where they think that they're like having an arc where <laughs> yeah. summer oh, yeah. summer's huffing the brake flute oh no that was the children of morty of yeah. more uh, episode uh where they uh the the penultimate episode where yeah uh summer's huffing the brake fluid and thinks that she's like like fucking absorbing all their knowledge and yeah. Morty, Morty thinks he can pilot the fucking ship like a fucking video, video game controller. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, this is our, this is our arc. We're, we're, we're working, working together. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the summer inclusions more this year. Like the bit where like on the, the facehugger planet, yeah, we're like they, they forgot her. Forget her. They, they forget her and stuff, and then they have to go back and get her, and she's kind of taken over. Like her bit in that was hilarious. Uh, yeah, so I'm all for like more summer and more Beth this year. They were they did a lot more with 
Well, they doubled. Them, so. They doubled Beth. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, there's just more going on with the rest of the family. It's not just Rick and Morty going off and doing crazy stuff. It is sometimes, obviously, because that's what the show's about. But like, they they do include the rest of the family a lot more now. Yeah, yeah, and and not not in ways that need to seem forced. Like they. <laughs> In the Children of Mort episode where Rick and Beth make remake the society with all of uh, Rick's yeah planet and then babies they bond bond over yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know what that I don't know what to call those things yeah but like yeah <laughs> it's pretty funny like like little golems know, or golems mm-hmm. or whatever yeah pretty much yeah. golems for sure <laughs> yeah all of those moments are like it didn't seem like this was going to be the designated beth episode or the designated summer episode or a designated morty episode they just kind of like here's the situation and we're gonna have these characters as part of it and this is the natural progression of how this was going to work out anyway like the way that jerry gets totally separated onto his own adventure totally makes sense summer and morty fucking off together so they can stay away from jerry totally makes sense it just kind of like yeah falls where it may in a very naturalistic way yeah yeah it's good. and I, then like, I like the, that. F- the first like four or five like the first half of the season because the season ep- are aired in two parts the first half of the season is basically all like a story arc about like rick and morty coming to terms in terms of morty consenting to go on the adventures and yeah. like, and then, and then, like, sort of a, a balance of Rick being like, "Okay, Morty, this time it's mine," but like, once in a while, we'll do your thing, kind of thing. And then, yeah. Morty's fucking thing ends up being the dragon, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> she brings up because, like, in that the vat of episode, you know, the vat of acid episode, he brings up the dragon like immediately. It's like the first thing <laughs> when Rick starts or when Morty starts bitching at Rick. Rick immediately is just like, oh, like the fucking dragon again. We're going to talk about yeah, like, the dragon again, right? Yeah. When we do your shit, this is what fucking happens, Morty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I liked it. Like he slow form tortured him, like really exhaustively mentally tortured Morty in that episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For the, just out of spite, because he said the bat was a dumb idea. Like shattered him psychologically for almost no reason whatsoever yeah Yeah. just (laughs) for sheer pettiness yeah just out of sheer petty oh rick never changed made him come to terms garbage yeah Yeah. with the number of times that he had like caused other mortys to be just just liquidated i I couldn't believe they went with that that was so dark (laughs) (laughs) like it was and it was high concept like yeah yeah, very high concept like the first time I watched that, I wasn't like paying close attention to it. So like I rewatched the last couple of days for the episode, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like it really sunk in how fucking dark it was. Yeah, <laughs> that whole that whole bit where he's narrating like how like minutely the plan was for him to like skip over into like different timelines yeah, and shit. I was like, he was just shunting like, him into like yeah. very slightly different timelines and like violently liquefying the <laughs> the Morty that was already present in that spot. Like, but he takes no personal responsibility for the fact that he's the one who put this plan into play that is going to just destroy a bunch of Mortys. Cause he knows his grandson is an idiot and is going to abuse the system. So yeah, I don't know. It's just too funny. and uh, even before that like he was uh in the you bastard i'm in the the crew episode episode. yeah like he he was psychologically undermining morty's desire to have to have his own thing from the beginning because he still needs morty around 
Yeah. But whenever Morty's more around, he's more assertive with what he wants. So he's kind of like Rick is constantly playing this game of uh, this balancing act to keep Morty under control, but also at the same time try to get him to be more enthusiastic and coming on the adventures. Yeah, and it, it just constantly falls apart on Rick to the point where he is, you know, torturing Morty. Um, and it's pretty, it's pretty fucked up, but I kind of love it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I dig it a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we're already going into uh, specific episodes. Did uh, you guys have like uh, a favorite episode or favorite one or two episodes of the season? Hmm. <sighs> well, like we mentioned the from earlier in the season, from the first half of the season, the the heist episode was kind of the highlight for me of that. Run that of episodes. Was, that was my like honorable mention for sure. Yeah, because I don't I don't know why that one kind of like just it was so ridiculous, but it worked perfectly by the end of it. So I was like, I I love this shit. Yeah. But like this one, I think the Vat of Acid episode was the one that like really got me this year. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is fucking sick. And I'm still laughing. You know what I mean? Like I'm still enjoying everything. <laughs> I love and I'm just like, like how how far they extended the vat of acid gag. Like the oh, why why do those why do those little bones look like like the kind of bones you draw in art class? Like and then like to go back to the same bit at the end and like forcibly do it all over again, like make him go through the motions of the whole thing again. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, I love this so much. It's almost <laughs> like like old Letterman jokes where he just like he would repeat himself throughout the whole fucking show until he got the joke over. Yeah. Just yeah. by sheer force of repetition or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I think my favorite episode of these, uh, this season was maybe controversially the story train episode. Uh, that, like was that, mine, that was mine too. Yeah. I think that that was the first one that I watched twice. Cause I watched yeah. it kind of like right after, like, did I, did I watch what I just watched? You know, yeah. like it was, I was a little bit like, it, it was so meta and so antagonistic towards its fan base. And I yeah. was loving every minute. Like the pettiness isn't just for the character of Rick, but for the writers, the entire creative team <laughs> is so antagonistic towards all of Rick and Morty fan base. Like, and themselves. Of, and themselves. Because they, <laughs> like, it was the trailer, uh, the, the part two of season four trailer that had all of like those big con- continuity moments. Yeah. They were all played out in that kind of bullshit that continuity void. That wasn't Canon. That wasn't Canon and was <laughs> resolved by them praying to Jesus Christ. I was <laughs> the, by the so time good. they got the time they got to the, like he's praying to Jesus and like the little, like not Teletubbies, but like the, the little, the veggie tales, the veggie tales guys yeah. show up. I was like, fuck a duck. This show, like, I love that me and it hates everybody who watches it. Oh, it hates God. itself a little bit. And it's like, I love this. Yeah. Cause it I even makes fun of Dan Harmon's, uh, the story train, the, the circular story train yeah. is Dan Harmon's That's writing. Dan Harmon's writing method. Yeah. 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 And so, so it's even him shitting in his own mouth right there. It's, you know what? It's probably the writer of the episode who wrote that episode, which means it was probably somebody else was just like, you know what? Uh, Fuck no, Dan it Harmon. was uh, Erica. Hey, is that director? No, written director. by, Jeff Loveness, not Dan Harmon. Yeah. So yeah. So one of his other writers basically took a Shit dump on in him. His mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Harmon, I don't think Harmon wrote anything this season. No, I didn't. No, no. he's not credited as writing. Not credited as the main writer. But if they're a writing team, yeah, then it's writing. Room. Like, yeah. 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 But, but but yeah, still. I I fucking love that. Like 
Rick and Morty pulling all the momentum and interest out of the story by forcing it into like Christian allegory. That's just, <laughs> <laughs> that's so that was so perfect. Not an allegory, oh, but straight up like Christian propaganda by yeah. including uh, and Jesus with cum gutters. Like, <laughs> just well, delight. we're getting banned from iPod. Like, I, I'm pretty sure Jesus with cum gutters is going to get us banned from iTunes. So that that'll be the hashtag, thing. Hashtag Jesus with cum gutters. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if if you still did episode titles that like were not related to the actual yeah. like, what we did, that's what this episode would be called. Yeah, it would actually. Yeah, it would be, and we get banned from Rick, <laughs> You can do Rick and Rick and Morty season four slash Jesus with yeah. I just put it in the description. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> since this seems to be the thing that we've spent the most time talking about tonight is just like cum gutters for some reason is just like our thing. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, it's just the latent homosexuality between us, Mark. That's just bubbling to the surface once again. I, here it is. There it is. <laughs> with with Je- Jesus in the mix, you know, like that's Jesus just- and God both had yeah. cum gutters. Like, I mean, if there's any. You know, if there's ever been question about the lineage of Jesus Christ, then Rick and Morty cleared it up this season. <laughs> cum gutters are, are hereditary, right? I feel like if ever a lightning storm was going to brew over like Mississauga <laughs> randomly and strike it right now would be the time. It's not a cloud in the sky, motherfucker. Yeah, I know, right? It's so beautiful out right yeah, now. That that the story train episode, which is uh never ricking Morty, that was that was my favorite of the episode. Like Is that Oh, that is the episode where they have the Bechdel test conversation, yes. like oh, yeah. Rick and Morty. Morty, Morty has to make up a Morty Bechdel test conversation. Oh my god! Oh, it was so painful. Oh, where they're where they're attacking tight. the scorpions with their special special heavy <laughs> time. Special heavy time. Oh, oh god! <laughs> oh god! And then the the scorpions have little bows on them, so uh, you know that they're girl scorpions. So you know they're women. <laughs> <laughs> stupid god it was and that like that whole episode like that that in particular was obviously super fucking meta but like that episode overall was just meta as shit like maybe the most like meta textual episode that they've ever fucking done Yeah. yeah and i loved that the whole like the the whole fucking episode was a deconstruction of the anthology episode, which has been, a, which have been a staple of the last few seasons. Like yeah. where I talked about like those interdimensional cable episodes and they were like, no, fuck you. We're not doing that this time. We're going to take the shit out of that or take the piss out of that fucking idea with this instead. They yeah. kept bringing it up though, too, right? They kept going like, yeah. watch interdimensional cable. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, was that the episode that even finished? Well, there was one episode that actually finished with Rick and Morty being like, can we just like sit down and watch some interdimensional cable and then it just like fades to black or whatever i thought i think that might have been a later one it might have been the next one i think actually yeah i don't know doesn't matter Um, but yeah my my, uh, honorable mention was the heist episode because like i i have a soft spot like i don't watch every heist movie but i have a soft spot for like the uh, oceans movies um and then uh either of you guys watch the uh british show uh hustle no no it was really good and it was like every episode was like an oceans movie kind of thing so it was like you know there's just this crew of grifters that was it was it was the same crew every episode so you got to see like how they would yeah and then they to chime in everybody yeah exactly i love that too like that that and that speaks to the cultural relevance of the show because that's already a meme that i'm seeing everywhere now 
Yeah, like the, the son of, as soon as the episode, yeah, as soon as the episode aired, it turned into a meme that was everywhere. Yeah, like pretty much right away. Yeah, exactly. And then I just I loved how fucking meta it got with like the just levels of reveals and I program that you to believe that and back and forth and back and forth like two hours until high until high spots just finally implodes (laughs) yeah I really like that one I one of my backup favorites was actually the first episode of the season where like the Morty part was yeah it was pretty great um with hollow rick making all of those like holographic (laughs) lives matter jokes at the beginning of those But it was for me. It was like the joke about what is everything Nazis now? Like, like every reality that it goes <laughs> to is like it was fascist and like fascist shrimp people. Yeah, yeah. And it was and just the, like, and then the line that killed me there was like, "When did this shit become the default?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh God, it hurts because it's yeah. so true." Yeah. No kidding, eh? <laughs> yeah. But I guess that was Rick and Morty's version of taking a stand against their right wing fan base too. Which, hey. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Fuck and that. then in that episode, that that was the crazy part for me. It was like season starts within ten minutes. Rick is dead and is like being constantly regenerated and shunted from universe alternate universe to alternate universe. Most of which are fucking fascist. Yeah, <laughs> like they they did not let up on the weirdness at all like they they were basically like okay any idea is good to go and we'll just see like the second episode is about rick's private toilet on an uh, a planet oh god i <laughs> like, forgot I, about that episode that yeah. episode was so fucking the old man in the seat yeah, yeah. that one's so good so good it was yeah. really good and like to me that might be one of the lesser episodes of the season but the conceit is like rick's a nervous pooper and that's yeah. it, you know, like, yeah. and, then, and then the natural Rick and Morty insanity of it just kind of like naturally progresses as a result of this one fucking ridiculous, totally benign conceit, <laughs> which I, I, it's one of the reasons I love this show so much. Yeah. And the fact that he has like an analysis system set up to like D. De- deconvolute the poop to figure out what it originated as <laughs> jesus yeah it's just it's... like everything about that episode man and then the like how serious it gets like rick, rick finally gets to have a friend and then he just yeah dies. yeah man oh that was another question i was gonna ask was like um because that that episode in particular had a bunch of fucking great guest appearances um and jeffrey wright as uh as tony the the you know the guy that comes in and shits on rick's toilet was like that i think was my favorite guest appearance of the season because like it wasn't my favorite episode but he just played it so straight and it was his performance entirely that brought that like really serious tone to it mm-hmm. and oh i fucking i love that and then that that episode also had uh fucking kathleen turner and yeah. sam neill as yeah. the monogatron leaders in it as well yeah um <laughs> my favorite guest spot had to be paul giamatti as story lord uh, yeah it was good too yeah yeah, that was the one that caught me this year too. So yeah. I was like, I, was like yeah. I, I recognize that voice, and then it's yeah. like, oh shit, it's Paul Giamatti. And then uh, in that same episode, uh, Christopher Maloney is Jesus Christ. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, just where the fuck do they get the idea? Like, I love that, Su- and I love that Susan Sarandon came back as the the it's family Dr. therapist, Doctor Wong. Yeah, Wong. yeah. Uh, just what the fuck? Glorious. And then Ke- Kegel Mike and Key uh, came Kegel Mike. 
Keegan Michael Key came back as a uh, testicle monster number one as well. Yeah. Like the, the time travel police. And then the, the other major one. Well, yeah, the other major ones. Well, did you guys have a least favorite of the season? Cause I definitely did. And it was fucking Elon Tusk. That was terrible. Oh, yeah. Elon Musk oh. should never be, should never act at all. Even just voice acting. It was. Horrible. Oh yeah. 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 That was pretty bad. But meh. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he. That was just like it was flat delivery, and like I hate the fucking fandom around Elon Musk. Period. I just yeah. hate it. Like the the fucking we love billionaires, and he's our like science god person or whatever the fuck these guys think on Twitter that uh, where they are constantly sucking his dick. Just like I did not yeah. need that in my Rick and Morty season, but whatever. It's what we got. And it definitely. I. I I can't imagine that Harmon and crew approached him about it. I would be, I would like put money that Elon Musk came to them and we're like, Hey guys, I like your show. It's funny. Can I be on it? Ugh. And they like, and they surprised. wrote him into an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Just Cause they thought, thought, thought it would be a fucking lark. And then it ended up being just, it like took, it took a lot of the uh, air out of that episode for me. Yeah. Cause it was, it just wasn't funny. Like it just wasn't no. good. Yeah. No. Um, another favorite guest spot of mine this season was Matthew Broderick as the talking cat. Because um, <laughs> yes. I couldn't believe it was Matthew Broderick. And then I was like, oh, shit, it is. And I was like, yes. That's the thing with this show. Every time I hear a voice, I'm like, it can't possibly actually be that person. And then you go and look at it, it actually is. Like, yeah. I'm sure they're just calling people in, right? Like, you don't have to do like a crazy huge setup. And everybody's got yeah. like one of these ridiculous microphones in their house now to like record dialogue and throw their shit Oops. all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sitting it, in the dark trying to record. In terms of like the most recognizable voice right away for me was definitely Kathleen Turner because she has such a distinct voice. Yeah. I was like, I thought it was someone pretending to be Kathleen Turner. Like, oh, someone's doing a Kathleen Turner voice. And then when I looked it up, I was like, oh, no shit. It was really her. All right. Cool. I, yeah. was, I was down. Yeah. The other one that was like that for me was uh, was Gluty, which was Taika Waititi. Taika, yeah. Yeah. Rick's, Rick's intern who's like, would you like to develop an app? <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> he likes doing those like robot bits, hey? Like when he shows up. Yeah, yeah. And then the other big ones for me were Balthrama the dragon was voiced by uh, Liam Cunningham, who's uh, Sir Davos from Game of Thrones, oh, the right, Onion Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then uh, and then Pamela Adlin had a couple of bit parts. Um, she showed up before, though. She's yeah. been kind of a regular contributor. That's uh, she was Marcy on Californication. Yeah, she did Vermagerber's child. So Vermagerber was the fly with a frog gang. Mm-hmm. And then yes. uh yeah, the she played the kid that leaves the voicemail and then the fly's like, "Aha, you idiot. I have 800,000 children." And then he checks his voicemails and he's got like 470,000 voicemails from kids that are being held hostage by Rick. Yeah. Good, good shit. <laughs> Good shit. Yeah. And it, also speaking of voice actors, I had a couple realizations this season because like I knew the names of the uh, voice actors, but I didn't make a couple of connections. I didn't realize until this season that uh, Sarah Chalk that voices Beth is fucking Dr. Elliot Reed yeah. from Scrubs. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that? Didn't make that connection. Oh, no. Sarah Chalk's been. Yeah, she's been on the show forever, too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. She, wasn't she one of the Beckys on Roseanne as well? Yeah, she was the yeah. uh, second yeah. Becky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I also didn't realize that Spencer Grammer that play that voices Summer is Kelsey Grammer's daughter, that, Kelsey yeah. Grammer from Frasier and yeah. and the Beast in the Brian Singer X Men movies. I I also didn't know that Sarah Chalk is from is Canadian. She's from Ottawa. Yep, 
Yeah. And uh, Spencer Grammer was on a uh, that short-lived uh, show called Greek, which was on the WB. It was about like college, like the, the Greek system in college. It was very bad. So don't watch it. Mm, fair. But yeah, she was on that too. All right. Uh, we talked about favorite episodes. Do you guys have a least favorite episode of the season? For me, it was the dragon episode. It didn't do much for me. I, I I did enjoy the like bad dragon dildo jiggling back and forth on the elder slut dragon staff. But yeah, the the episode is. I mean, I was still funny. I still enjoyed it. But like you know, even bad episodes of Rick and Morty are better than ninety percent of fucking TV out there. But yeah. that was just the one that like didn't hit with me quite as much. I think the main story of like uh, Rattlestar Rick Lactica with like the the space snake and stuff like that, like yeah. conceit and it, like well, it was pretty funny from the get go. Like there's a snake in space and it bites uh, Rick or whatever, and it's like. And there's it's, a whole space society that's Morty. basically a mirror of our society. Yeah, but just and, and it's just like I I thought it was fine, but it didn't it didn't just didn't make me laugh that much. Yeah, I think the the B plot with Jerry hanging up the Christmas lights was way better <laughs> than the the A plot in that uh, episode. And the a, I was waiting for the A plot to end so that I could see more <laughs> of Jerry failing miserably. Yeah, at being jerry or like succeeding at being jerry by failing miserably i guess because <laughs> that's yeah. kind of his mo but yeah that 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 episode didn't do a lot for me either um but again like it had bits where i was like i'm fucking on board for this one bit like my for that it was uh that episode it was uh the scene where hundreds of time traveling snakes go back to uh, in time either to kill or defend hit snake hitler right yeah that was pretty <laughs> that like i like that idea and i don't think it i but it didn't really tickle me as much as i wanted it to you know i don't know just didn't didn't do it for me yeah fair enough mark did you have any episodes that just didn't didn't hit for you quite as well yeah no the one you were talking about the the dragon episode now that i'm like looking at them like yes that was the one that i was like it was fine it was there i like i don't hate it it's just yeah it was ex- it was kind of extra dumb in a way like the like it was going so hard and being absurd and shocking that it just kind of started to fall flat after a while it's like like they're pushing this so far that i'm desensitized to how dumb it's getting almost yeah, yeah it kind of felt like more like a fucking like aqua teen hunger force or like a squid billies like episode like yeah. level yeah. of you know, high conceptness or low conceptness kind of thing. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't feel like a Rick and Morty episode. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like, there's yeah. the kind and those TV shows and things like um, what's that? They just let the jokes linger too long in those types of shows, yeah. where it's just kind of like, oh, we think this is really funny, and this is like stoner comedy kind of, where it's like it just keeps going. And I don't yeah. know. It was. It didn't quite. That one didn't quite work. I liked it as well but that would be my second least favorite episode but the the snake one was the one that really didn't get me so yeah well paul just brought up another thing that i wanted to talk about which was there were definitely episodes where the b plot was i was more invested in the b plot than the uh, a plot uh the the one for sure was gluty the love finders app i was definitely more more into that plot than i was the i don't even remember what 
the main plot one. That was the old man in the seat. That was Rick's shy pooping episode. Yeah. Like, the one I was very much Summer is bouncing from partner to partner and yeah. and Beth is hunting her down repeatedly. Yeah, and people are yeah. just ruining their lives because this app is telling them that they have a new soulmate just yeah. over and over again. Like I, I was like, I want this to be the fucking A plot. Like not Rick like Rick being a shy pooper is fine, but that's definitely not as entertaining as what you could be doing with this. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes I think they make like Rick gets the A plot by default. But the idea for the B plot tends to involve other characters that we, first of all, like to see more in like a completely madcap off the wall way, like Beth hunting down Summer, like coming in on a hang glider, <laughs> or in a and or Summer running away in a hot air balloon, and then just like chasing each other down. Loved seeing that level of crazy from those two, and then because you don't really get to see that as much, um, so it was. It's like yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think of other B plots that I preferred. Well, other well, the than other... the Jerry floating away one, which was fucking <laughs> just that was really good. Brilliant. Just him being so stubborn, and yeah. then at the end, he's like, "Oh, it's just up here on the roof this whole time doing the yeah. lights." Yeah, and I couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear your screams because of the sound of my own. We've talked about this. Yeah, <laughs> Summer and Morty. Summer getting high in the spaceship, and Morty thinking that he can pilot it as the B plot <laughs> for that one was definitely. I think I liked the the Beth and Rick plot fine, and like Rick fighting Ze- the Zeus guy or whatever was fine. But I, I there's something about Summer just getting high off of the brake fluid or whatever was mm-hmm. just so fucking. See that episode's like the Jerry the Jerry bit of that episode just was killing me the whole time. Where he's just like he's so hung up on the the, the camping. camping. Yeah. And like he's freaking out about like they build a house and he's like, <laughs> No. If you, if you build camping. something if you build something with doors, then there will then be an indoors, indoors and then nobody yeah. will want to go camping anymore. Yeah. I just I was like, <laughs> This is ridiculous. But like Chris Parnell's so good at selling it that you're just like, I'm hundred percent on board. And he and his loincloth only covers the front. So like while he's tearing apart the ha- the house that the fucking like Rick like bought or, or fucking go- the golem or whatever has built, you can yeah. just see his ass the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> Jerry's really good at showing his ass. That's like what he it's does. True. So Figur- figuratively and literally. Yeah. But the other for me, like we already talked, like I wasn't crazy about the dragon episode, but the B plot there was the talking cat. And yeah. that was another fucking just amazing Jerry plot where like yeah. the talking, he's the talking cats just like, let's go to Florida. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I felt like at first they didn't really know what to do with Jerry on the show. And now they've got him in this, like the role that he's in now. And it's just like, they always have this ridiculous thing for him to make an ass of himself with. And I'm like, um, this is perfect. Like yeah. you did, you finally, you got, you've nailed the Jerry character. <laughs> like the last two years, I guess they've been doing a lot of this kind of like he goes off on this bizarre side adventure and ends up just making a complete fucking fool of himself. And it's just always because of his own insecurity is always yeah. why he gets into shit. Yeah. 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 Like the, like the, the bit where like he can't pee and he has to wear the invisibility <laughs> outfit and like he ends up peeing on himself. I was just like, that's, man, <laughs> the, that's floor, like the floor is at an angle. That was so good. Yeah. Oh God. That was so good. But then he, like he, he comes through and he does the puppet thing with, <laughs> with Tammy, with Tammy, with Tammy. Tammy's corpse. I was, oh my God. <laughs> oh just, fuck. That, that scene fucking killed me. I, I was, was just, 
Yeah, that was a lot. Like that—that that was a lot. I was laughing pretty hard. And everybody's like, "That's the only good arc that we've had this this episode." Is that Jerry saved the day with puppetry? <laughs> <laughs> so fucking dumb. I love oh, it. Oh god. This was also another season that was obviously like really full of of reference humor. That's one of the things that Rick and Morty just leans on constantly. Uh, were there any references that really really hit for you? The Rick being like fucking hating whenever they do a star wars like <laughs> him getting really angry about it i was like man i'm in touch with that emotion rick like i know what that's like <laughs> but he, but he brought it up like two or three times this season he's like oh fuck we're doing star wars again like i hate this shit every time it always ends up star wars <laughs> that was that running bit has like that's working that would work for me a lot and then the uh i mean obviously that proto mortis mortius is that the one with the where they the planet with the, the face huggers yeah, yeah the, the, yeah, yeah, the like, alien takeoff the clearly, face one they're clearly doing like uh, alien takeoff, but then it's also it turns into a Doctor Who episode, but like yeah. but broke back mountain at the same time. And yeah, and like, also, oh, that, yeah, that was the reference that I wanted to call. Yeah, out. That, yeah, like, and that's exactly right. Romance. Yeah, and then it turns into a gay romance, and I was like, this is what is going on in this show? It's so zany all of a sudden. <laughs> Zanier. Yeah, that yeah. that one was the one that worked for me. Is like the uh, last thing I remember. I was at a cave looking at this wet egg, and oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> but and even the, the opening of that episode, where like you're not expecting, that's like not at all what that like it it gives you because they go on a rampage and like just cut loose on these poor things, right? Yeah. Like they just start Holy blowing shit. them away. And then they, they the nine eleven joke almost, almost that, killed me. That, that was one of the best jokes. Me. That was one of the best jokes of the season three by Holy far. Shit. Yeah. It's like we almost did a nine eleven, but instead we opted for a more tasteful Pearl Harbor. <laughs> like, it's got to stay classy, guys. I was like, oh god. Uh-oh. Oh boy! And then, like, they just like cherry on top it with like the end of the episode where they think that they're impregnated with eggs, but they really just shit themselves. Shit the bed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because they don't know how long they had those things on their faces. How long had it been since they pooped? They must have had to seriously yeah. go if they hadn't gone that whole time. Like it's craziness. True. So. The other one that I really enjoyed was Rick and Morty walking through like the Indiana Jones style, like booby trap temple, the beginning of one episode, but they're just wearing force fields. So like all the booby traps just like yes. hit them and, and just like fall off kind of thing. That, that was, was the was... beginning of the heist episode. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that was my other, my other favorite bit, like reference yeah. bit of the, uh, of the season. Yeah. Let's see what else. Did you guys have any, any, any gripes for this season overall? It's too short. I could yeah. like go with a couple more episodes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. One more episode per block of episodes. If you're like five and five seemed like not seems a little short, enough. seems a little short. Six and six. I feel like 12 total for a year would be, would be nice. Yeah. But I mean, Hey, we're getting lots of episodes over the course of time, I guess, but yeah. still, yeah, I could have used a little, an, an extra episode. Gripes. Not really. Not as much as like you would think. I think that for the, us usually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like I, the one show where we're all like almost unanimously like yeah no I don't know like this is it's just fun I have a good time watching it mm-hmm. there's lots of shit for us to pick at but like not complain about just like talk about and yeah. uh, good times I did have a couple of they're not not like big ones but the one for oh, me was, you know what we didn't talk about the Johnny Carson joke oh yeah Johnny Carson Holy shit. When he when he makes the joke about Johnny Carson still being alive cuz that's why it's his favorite earth or whatever. I was like yeah. 
man, he must be 500 years old on TV. And then they showed him. I was like, oh, this is great. Great. Yeah. And then, yeah, the dude that thinks he's uh, impervious to acid, acid and, and then gets yeah. dissolved on oh, air. Oh, Such a ridiculous reaction to that thing happening. He's like, wait, I'm impervious to acid. Acid proof. And I was like, that's maybe not the right math to take away from this situation, but okay. Well, and Rick even shine, hangs a lampshade on that. He's like, I think that guy had some other stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> Are we going to talk about the post credit scenes? Um, because uh, Jerry in the invisible garbage truck was the show I really wanted. Well, I was going to say that that was, that was going to be my final question was, are, will you guys be watching invisible garbage truck, Jerry? Yeah, I would absolutely watch that. <laughs> and, and definitely buying the Citadel of Rick story train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did. I went to that. I went to that website. Yeah. And it just diverts to the adult swim website for Wick and Morty. Uh, fair. Um, my favorite after credit scene though had to be where Summer's friend is looking at Jerry oh, God. the beekeeping and oh, she, the, the, the result being like yeah. the, the, Amer- want, the American Beauty. Uh, the American Beauty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I want to fuck your dad. I know. Oh no, yeah. really? <laughs> she <laughs> doesn't even Summer's wait for him to finish. Was so just and like mwah. you know where it's going immediately as soon as the the scene starts <laughs> yeah. and you're just like please don't like please but don't the, no but no, the timing no. is just oh my god it's so it's funny so chef's kiss just oh perfect. god yeah exactly yeah. yeah. <laughs> the post-credit scene that really got me was after the heist uh, where they're on the roof with uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole and uh, they're talking about like how Rick paid Mr. Poopy Butthole's uh, students to try and like karate him, like test his karate skills and every- everything and then Mr. Poopy Butthole is like yeah that was great except now I got fired from that job for beating the shit out of my students. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good. <laughs> that was a good. Like poor Mr. Poopy Butthole. <laughs> He's walking He's around trying- on his poor fucking cane because he got shot. In the in what because because what was it? Oh, they thought that um, there weren't any concert. No, they thought he wasn't real, right? So they're like, I can shoot yes, him, and yeah, he's not, yeah. and he's not real. And they just play, they shoot him like three times. And <laughs> but it's like, oh, wee, things, shit, things getting real dark here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the other, the other post credit scene that I loved was uh, Rick watching the planets only. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> and summer catching him. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I've been looking over your shoulder for the last minute. <laughs> it's just and he, like, and oh. he tries to play it off. He's like, yeah. oh, "It's just, uh, it's just funny. It's a funny premise, right? It's fucking sexy planet. It's hilarious." And she leaves, and he goes right back to it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, I did have a couple of relatively minor gripes the the biggest one is that the place saving video game thing uh towards the end which is the vat of acid episode and the death crystals they felt a little redundant to me because it's basically two episodes in the same season where morty knows the consequences of every action he's going to take and so he basically his actions don't have consequences anymore and you know in both cases he ends up fucking ruining his entire life and i was like okay I didn't need this twice in the same season. <laughs> <laughs> They're really driving the point home that like fanboy ideation of technology to solve all of our problems is really just a pipe dream. And they really yeah. want to, they really needed to drive that one home this season. So they made two whole episodes about it. So there you go. I, but yeah. I can understand. Yeah. Uh, you would think that the first one where Morty dies with Jessica, not knowing who the fuck he is uh, would have been bad enough, but 
it got worse in the second one. So, you know, it's all good. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I can understand how that would have been a little bit much. Yeah. And I mean, it, we also talked about like how certain characters have kind of found their niche or whatever, but I feel like there's not much I like I and this is partially me speaking from a point of I haven't watched the old seasons in a while. I feel like the main characters are starting to become caricatures of themselves or just like getting into ruts a little bit, but maybe that's just been the case for the last couple seasons and I just am have like become numb to it. I think that because they've decided to go with this more episodic format, I'm not like defending it just like, cause I think that I agree with you in terms of like Beth and summer and actually Beth summer and Jerry, all three of them have all like crystallized into like what they are basically. Yeah. So, flanderized yeah. as it were. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, cause it's still funny to me, but, and they, they can take off, from there but i think that that kind of happens with every show eventually it does in later community too yeah yeah by by i guess by season four like that's just what sitcoms do maybe that's just like uh, and maybe maybe we'll get a i don't know a major shake-up next season but i don't know yeah yeah and i mean maybe it's the the you know british tv syndrome kind of thing where they only do things for like two or three seasons or whatever so you don't ever get there yeah and then there were a couple of bits that just we already talked about this there were some bits that just like went on too long and felt like you know stupid stoner humor humor kind of thing like i didn't really need like five minutes of rick getting the shit beat out of him by zeus or the zeus or what a zeus or whatever it is yeah (laughs) like it's like okay i get it you know it's just doesn't have like the, we've seen so much of this on this show now and on other yeah. shows like you know those it, it hark- harkens back to like the family guy fights with the chicken that go on for like eight or nine minutes or some shit and end up taking up like a third or half of the episode i'm like okay i get it you're overdoing it for effect but like can we not yeah i'm, I'm with you on that i think that because i was particularly tired of that episode at that point too where it was just going on because uh, again the the a plot of that episode was a lot weaker than the rest and it's and yeah. maybe it's because it was it didn't really go anywhere for the entire time they were fighting and like you know yeah yeah but, i can't think of it um, if, if i have any other gripes that no i th- i'm kind of okay at first i was kind of iffy about like rick outright abusing morty psychologically etc for like most of the season but they've kind of like settled into a groove of where it's funny again so like okay that's fine <laughs> i was a little concerned by the end of that bad of episode bad of acid episode but at the but at the same time i was like well he's got to learn these lessons eventually <laughs> he lives in like this interdimensional hell where like anything can happen like he's got to start using his fucking brain let's so. let's look back to the season premiere morty killed dozens of people while he was like trying to salvage his relationship with, uh, you know, what what he Jessica. thought was his relationship with Jessica, like yeah. he killed a lot of people. Morty is not exactly a fucking sympathetic character. No, <laughs> absolutely not. And I like, no. I kind of like that the show has gone that way. Like, because usually with the sidekick character would be like the moral compass, where like you're always yeah. like, oh, he's the one who's gonna make sure the the mega genius does the right thing all the time. Whereas 
he's just as easily corruptible as anybody else, really. At uh, usually the at, at the first opportunity. Like, as yeah, soon as he yeah. gets invisibility, the first place he goes is to the girls' locker room. Like, <laughs> Immediately, yeah. And right away, he he's, goes to, like, do what teenage boys do and finds a way to masturbate. After he's already gone in there, uh, or no, was that before or after? No, that was, that was yeah, because that was the finale with the invisibility belt. He was there, like, a couple episodes earlier with the fucking... Uh, the safe state. The pause, thing. yeah, the safe yeah. state fucking device. Yeah. yeah. He's like, well, I haven't done enough of this, so I'm going to go back in again with the invisibility belt. I mean, belt. that's a joke that they've gone back to yeah. a couple times where he goes... in. Like, the first thing he does is go to the girls' locker room <laughs> because he's a little piece of shit, so yeah. there you go. And that's the thing, is ultimately, like... Well, when you consider the morality of this show overall, which is not the morality of our world because there are so many implications and possibilities in this world that there are not in ours. Rick is the fucking moral compass of the show, as fucked up as that is, because he knows the rules of this universe. He knows what you should do, what you shouldn't do. I mean, he fucking like blatantly flagrantly like fucking disregards those rules, but he knows those rules. Yeah. And he and he tries to imbue them on, on everybody else as well. Yeah. In the last episode, he talks about how you just try not to call attention to whichever fascist galactic power is in power at the time. Yeah. Whereas, just go about your business or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Because Beth, Beth clone doesn't really matter if she was the clone or not maybe clone yeah maybe clone was like seems like the moral arbiter in the entire episode and both beths seem to like have one up morally on rick through the whole episode and maybe they kind of do but at the same time the reason that rick takes his stance is because he has the experience so like it's and it's hard to side with both Beths because they're both pretty shitty too like it was (laughs) i think it was pretty easy to side with beth early on because like we hadn't really explored all of her abandonment issues but now she seems determined to be the be a victim of her own instead of growing from it she just wants to like revel in it it and wallow in it and so yeah it's she becomes less sympathetic which i think is good that's actual character development so is it towards her becoming a better person? That's not what this show is. That's not what this show is for. This show yeah. is for, like, as soon as there's a sci-fi premise that the any of these characters can take advantage of, they do. And weirdly <laughs> enough, I would disagree that Rick is the moral compass, and Jerry, weirdly enough, tends to be misguided, but generally he starts off pretty optimistic and trying to make good with his family and they fuck him over and so he's kind of left with the most pessimistic path to walk down if this were the real world i would agree with you but the thing is jerry is just so oblivious to everything that's going on around him and to the fact that this is a fucked up world where like fantasy creatures exist and there are infinite dimensions and you can travel through time and there are you know cute like crazy planets all you know that are inhabited and shit like that and the thing is he's just like totally seems totally impervious to bringing any of that into his worldview right and that can be and i agree that that is a failing of his but it also (laughs) is the obvious counterbalance to rick's oversaturated intellectual nihilism you know like it's jerry has to exist to balance out rick Almost like Morty isn't really Rick's counterbalance. It's Jerry overall, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can see but, that. I mean, really, I think if any of us had seen the shit that Rick's seen, like we would be at least that nihilistic. Oh, absolutely. So. The fact that he has any shred of sanity left is just testament to the strength of his character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hundo P. Yeah. Wow, I didn't think we were going to get that deep into the psychology of fucking Rick and Morty, but I'm glad that we did. Do you guys have anything left or do you want to do you want to wrap up? Now I'm just thinking about like what does that stay for Morty in terms of like his male role models? Like in his life, he's got Rick on one side and Jerry on the other. Like it's just no wonder the kid's a fucking disaster. I mean, look at all of the, like even outside of his family, there's like what principal vagina and his math teacher. What's oh the math teacher? Oh boy, (laughs) that Uh, little his little monologue about falling in love with the hippie or whatever that was. Like that got a good chuckle out of me too for some reason. I don't know why. Was it math can get you through any situation except uh, oh fuck I can't remember what it was. I don't know. What, I, I don't know, but I, I it, got, got, I, it got me like when he, by the time they kind of cut back into the story, I was yeah. like, what the fuck? That's pretty good. It's just, yeah, so many like little throwaway lines like that. They're like, holy shit, there's a story behind that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to sit through the whole thing, but like, I kind of want to at least hear the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have, have anything else to add or you want to sort of wrap up and give this season some, some ratings? Sure. All right. Paul, what's your rating and and final thoughts for season four of Rick and Morty? Well, I'm going to give this season like an 8.5. As much as I was happy with the kind of more episodic standalone episodes and the ability uh, of the writer's room to transform these tiny little story beat conceits into these huge, hilarious ideas. I do also like the continuity stuff, and they gave us just enough to make me happy, I guess, near the end with uh, Phoenix Person and Tammy and all that stuff, and Claude yeah. Beth. Yeah, that that episode was real continuity heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I dug it, and it was like it was enough for me. I didn't need like an entire season about Evil Morty and all that stuff. And I like that they fucked with us a little bit. And I'm happy that the writers seem to want to just make themselves laugh. They just want to like. I think the the story train episode is a prime example of a writers' room just having a really good time with like <laughs> their own their ideas like this these are the their playthings, and they're trying to make the best funniest thing that they can think of and i think it's working it might be to the detriment of the depth of character that we were privy to in previous seasons but i like the wackiness and i'm not sure which direction i want the show to go in in future seasons but i'm gonna let them decide because they've been entertaining me so yeah. 8.5 out of 10 yeah, I, th- I agree. This is one of the few season, few series where I really trust the writers. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I don't really care what the next season is. Just do what you're going to do. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be here for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like basically on the same page as Paul. Like, I mean, this is an 8.5 out of 10 for me. Probably like I could almost give it a nine easily. I could probably argue for a 10. I mean, there's like the Elon Tusk joke really yeah. sunk that one episode or like that bit of that one episode for me. And then, like, I don't know, there's a couple other ones where I was like, all right, cool. Like the dragon fucking or whatever. The dragon, <laughs> the dragon orgy. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I was like, all right, this feels, yeah, like, yeah, you guys were right. It feels like something you would have saw on, like, uh, Adult Swim. Like, yeah. whatever. Like, kind of like pre Archer animated humor, I guess. So it felt like a little bit of a throwback. But, like, no, this season was solid. I, this, I actually look forward to Rick and Morty when new episodes come, which is 
really rare for TV with me these days because like most of the time it's just like, oh, how Star Trek going to disappoint me when they put a new season out? <laughs> what, what unique way is Star, is Star Trek going to yeah. disappoint me this time? Yeah. yeah, but like at least with at least with Rick and Morty, I'm like, and it's even like like Doctor Who hasn't exactly been like my cup of tea the last couple of years. Like even in the what's the Capaldi years, I was kind of like lukewarm on stuff. I this is like new Doctor Who for me. It's like the zany, wacky, like completely off the wall, super rude Doctor Who that I crave, I guess. I don't know. Mm. So like the show, yeah, it always works for me. And I wish we got more episodes. <laughs> this is basically <laughs> what I want to say. It's like, please give me more because then I'm going to go and like start. I'm going to rewatch it from the beginning now because I'm yeah. in the mood for Rick and Morty. So next week, my geek of the week next week, will probably be like I rewatched all four seasons <laughs> of Rick and Morty again. And it took me like eight three hours. days, yeah, three days, <laughs> two days, something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So for me, this season four is, I think, like a nine out of ten, pretty easily. the The gripes that I did have were relatively minor, and they, like you said, even the episodes I wasn't like crazy about, I was still entertained by for sure. And yeah, this is just a a, se- a series that like mark said i definitely look forward to this like these are episodes that are always at the top of my watch list uh regardless of what else is coming out kind of thing so yeah i just i i very much look forward to more and i look forward to the inevitable season five episode where we find out that rick and or morty or maybe jerry are somehow responsible for covid19 i guarantee you that joke's coming like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this whole this whole year is going to be a Rick and Morty episode somehow. Well, like, they you know did I mean? they did reference it in the uh, Story Train episode uh, because uh, when Rick's talking about like consumerism, he's be like this fucking virus. Nobody's going out and buying anything, but you did, Morty. You went out and you bought something, and that's all that really matters. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's what the, that's the most like obtuse reference to what was has been going on in the real world that this show can do because like it doesn't really affect them when you think about it, right? Like, well, it was like, clearly they, done after the fact, right? Like it yeah. definitely would would not have been in when they f- originally filmed the episode yeah. or or recorded the ep- the dialogue yeah. and everything. So, but yeah. But like now they could totally like, but it doesn't like, it still doesn't matter. Cause like, even if they're, the virus was going on, they're zipping zapping in and out of dimensions. So it's like, whatever, like we don't <laughs> have to dwell on it. It's there. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we can move on to our final stingless segment, uh, geek cred, where each of us recommends something to our audience that we enjoy and we think you might enjoy as well. So Paul, what's your geek cred for this week? Cardcaptor Sakura dropped on Netflix, so go watch it. It's uh, like all the seasons have and episodes have dropped. If you like magical girl anime, which like I know, I know, I know what you're you're thinking, and it's fine. I don't care. It's fucking good. It's good TV. It's good storytelling, and like Cardcaptor Sakura is probably like one of the like three or four quintessential magical girl anime before they all got psychological and dark and weird, which. Maybe I will make you guys watch Madoka one time. Anyway, go watch Cardcaptor Sakura. It's cute. It's fun. And it's light. Like, if you want light entertainment, this is about as fluffy as entertainment can get. Like, this is, like, uh, just, like, whipped cream. It's... That's kind of gross. I don't know. It's just, just like... (laughs) It's good. And it's easy. It's easy to watch. It is a confection. So, there you go. The, the mixed look of disapproval and confusion on Mark's face as you recounted that, Paul, was just giving me life. Mm-hmm. That's fine. <laughs> Worth the price of admission alone, right? Like, <laughs> Listeners, I'm sorry that we're not a video podcast for this exact <sighs> moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Mark, what's your, what's your geek cred? 
if you go on to your YouTube machine and look up the official Radiohead channel, they've been posting like full live mm. shows and stuff every week. And I don't know if we talked about this before, but like when we did our Radiohead episode, something that came up was the live in the basement in rainbows performance, which was that what came out last this past Thursday or whatever. I don't know. Time means fucking nothing to me right now. So I have no idea when it came out. But the last one they did was that in rainbows thing. And it's all remastered and looks great in 1080p and stuff. So go. I mean, I miss my live shows probably more than I miss anything else right now. <laughs> but uh, being able to kind of get in the middle of a Radiohead performance like that is pretty cool. So go check that out. And Black Rain Gallery. Also, yes. Follow me on Instagram, MT underscore Willette, and buy Prince uh, BlackRainGallery.com. Please. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> All right. So for me, uh, my geek, or my geek cred this week, um, I've been watching a lot of old SNL, both like I've, I've been making my way gradually for through the very first season in like 1976 or something, but I've also been watching some of these like best of things that they put out ages ago. Stick with the best ofs. Watching those yeah. episodes, like episode per episode is fucking <laughs> awful. They, yeah, some of them are pretty rough. It's, it's one of those things I've just been putting on like in the background. Yeah while I've been sort of doing other stuff. But yeah, one of the ones that I watched most recently was like the uh, best of Tracy Morgan. Um, And it brought back so much good shit from like the mid two thousands, like the, uh, the astronaut Jones sketches, which I've had that fucking theme song in my head all like for the last like 24 hours. So I, I feel like I need to, inflict that on other people so go see that and yeah and also the the brian fellows safari planet sketches and just tracy morgan did so much fucking good shit on snl it's close to that era but like while we were moving and driving back and forth between milton and st Catharines, the lonely island stuff kept getting played in the car Mm. paul and i were like laughing about like mother lover and like not gave us a three-way or like what's that yeah yeah golden rule the golden rule yeah yeah that stuff we were giggling Mm mm-hmm Good stuff. Good good stuff. Mr. Joanna Newsom is a funny guy. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. All right. Well, with that, we can finish up for this week. Thank you very much for listening. And if you have any opinions or would like to share what you thought about season four of Rick and Morty, you can do so on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. You can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com and get us at on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. And if you're not already subscribed, you can do so on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, or other places that podcasts can be found. I got it right, Mark. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, Tim. I'm proud of you. <laughs> so with that, I uh, will say this is Tim saying long live the big bad doo-doo daddy and say goodnight, Mark. I just, you know, cum gutters, boys. Like I just, that one got me. I'm, I'm stuck on cum gutters. So for our, for our listeners this week, Paul's uh, name in our like little chat recording software is Ejaculate Leaves Troughs, <laughs> which is really good too. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Say good night, Paul. Good night, everybody, and you're welcome again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and until next week, fix your underwear. I saw your balls for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.